What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PBC Den Podcast, the world's first and longest running podcast all about Amazon advertising to make your Amazon PPC life a little bit easier and a little bit more profitable. Uh, today on the show, I have my friend Abe from XP Strategy, and we're going to be talking about how to move from a beginner Amazon marketer to a more intermediate and advanced Amazon marketer. And it has a lot to do with how you think and interpret your results. We've been podcasting for a long time here. So if you are feeling lost or you just want to get organized, who doesn't love getting organized? Uh, we have a huge Google sheet, which lists out many of our episodes categorized and organized so that you can use it almost like a checklist to level up all of your skills. Without further ado, let's jump in. I've launched campaigns and picked keywords. I've got my bits, set placements too. Now bad mistakes, I've made a Yeah, we just just go. Just what do you always tell your team? Yeah, so I always tell my team, one of you guys has to be taking notes because I know that I say things which are aha things all the time, and if someone is not paying attention and taking notes, it's going to be forgotten, and I'm going to be the one that forgets what I said five minutes later. I know. I recently started recording all of my calls for that very reason. I record them. It goes to Google Drive. It transcribes it. it sends me a summary. It's been a game changer because I'm like, oh, what, what did we even talk about during that call? Because I'm like way up here during calls. I'm like excited. I'm thinking of things. I'm like, what about this? What about that? What about this? And I don't want to lose those ideas. Don't you find that it's sort of like taking pictures? If you take pictures everywhere you go, when do you ever have time to look at all the pictures you took? Seriously. Yeah. Or uh, this, like a decade ago, I saw someone with like one of those pins that's like recording everything they do, almost like a personal body cam. I'm like, and now, of course, they have, uh, I don't know if you saw Humane, the, the Humane AI pin. It like just scans constantly, records everything, and then like summarizes. And I'm like, when do you have time to, to do, to like analyze it? Right. You, it, it immediately cuts your life in half because you have to live half your life and then spend the other half looking at what you did in the first half. Do you journal at the end of the day? I would like to journal at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, I have like 15 notebooks and all of those notebooks have like three or five pages written in them of insightful things. Oh my gosh, things. me too. And then like a year later, I wanted a journal and I can't find the other journal. So I buy a new one and then I make five pages. <laughs> I, I am the exact same way, for sure. You know, and, and like literally I end up having a, I, I, I literally have a few of them here by my desk. Yes. 
better than journaling. This is like two or three of them that are all started. Yeah, better than journaling is starting to journal. That is the that is the, the in when you're in the honeymoon phase, you're like, yeah, I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm going to be a journaler. I'm going to be reflective. So I have like an interesting. I I've had I had an insight recently about journaling, and um, it sort of has colored me or jaded me about journaling for me at least. So the way that I look at journaling, I just said a second ago that I keep getting back to it, but it also means typically you don't start journaling when you're at a great point in your life. You typically start journaling because you're at a challenging point and you need to write things through and digest and process them, for me at least. And I would think that many people are in a similar situation. Something is complex, something is challenging, something is in a lull, and you want to sort of start to observe in a different way, which is why you start journaling. Now, for me, if I keep doing that every time... I, I'm inspired to journal. When I look back at all these little snippets of journaling, it's only disaster that I'm writing about. It's like uh, December 16th, uh, 1987. This horrible thing happened and I'm writing about it. And you know, like, uh, oh, March 19th, uh, it's been three weeks and I haven't uh, been able to get up early enough or whatever thing it might be. And then you look at it as like, wait, where's the good parts? Because there are plenty of good things. You know, it's funny. I feel like one shift that I had where it's like when, th when times are like bad or slow or whatever, like kicking it into high gear, like, here we go, here we go, here we go. And then like things are good. And then it's like, okay, now we can rest. I really tried to make a conscious effort. I'm not there yet, but I'm more aware of it, of like, when, even when things are good, continue to stay at a high RPM. I think that's a really, that's sort of my goal for 2024, like when we're catching pace when we've sort of achieved something big. Keep on staying at that high level, which I think is a really interesting concept. Uh, back to the journaling thing, though. I think that in Amazon PPC, journaling or note-taking is one of the most powerful things that anyone can do. For example, a lot of people lose their breadcrumbs, meaning they will go do a whole bunch of stuff in their account and then forget to the, what they did when, and like next week, you know, in the flurry of Amazon marketing, they forgot what they did. And they might be like undoing some things that they wanted to do, or, you know, the very common case of like launching a campaign and not putting a reminder to check it like the next day or within 48 hours, just to see if it, if it was configured properly. I think that if, if anyone took any takeaway, this isn't even what this episode's about, but like if you literally launch a campaign and then just create a note for yourself to check it in 24 or 48 hours, just to be sure it got started on the right foot, like, you know, maybe you forgot a setting and the worst thing you can do is like launch a campaign and then like a week later, like, oh, it, I forgot to, you know, unpause it or something. Journaling, super powerful. By the way, on that note, the worst thing you can do is to start a campaign on a Friday because you do not want to come into work on Monday and find that something went completely off yes. the rails. Yes. You know, Couldn't I have agree clients more. that tell me like this thing went wrong and, you know, or I have uh, people that ask me for guidance and I'm like, the first mistake you made was starting on a Friday. Big time. You Big know, time. I, I will always start, can unless there is a really specific reason for a Friday, the default is always start campaigns on Mondays or Tuesdays. So mm -hmm. you can get a feel for if something was broken the next morning. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. You know, and and by um, the way, to your note of journaling, yeah, one of the pieces of software in my stack 
actually has a, a sticky note function. And the sticky note function is like a little fly out or a little notepad that basically lets you write notes on the account that you're looking at. And we use that as basically like a log of things. So I can see date by date by date when things, when we, whenever something actionable happened, we see all of those things. And so this um, is a team, team-based sticky note. Yeah, it's it's right within the software at the account level view. Can you name the software? Yeah, Virtual Spring. Cool. Uh, and listen, besides that, we also use ClickUp, and ClickUp has the all the list of the tasks that ever happened in an account. So as long as your naming is good, mm -hmm. you'll be able to see the yeah. list of things that you did. So when we write um, campaign launch with a date. I can go into an account and I can say, okay, do a search for all the campaign launch tasks and I'll see all of the campaigns that we've launched over X amount of time. You pivot that to when a thing happened that you're trying to figure out, you say, oh, uh, April 22, you know, ACOS has started moving up. What did I do around that? And mm -hmm. we can look at all the activity campaigns we started, shifts we did in strategy. Um, you know, th sometimes what might happen is an hour and there's a long list of um, pivot points or action points or inflection points. Sometimes it's the client launched their own campaign and didn't tell us about it. We realized it later. Or sometimes we added a team member to the account and they started putting their fingerprint on things. Um, ideally, that will lead to an inflection point where things got better, but sometimes things just look different. And of course, campaigns being launched, campaigns being relaunched, uh, campaigns all of a sudden stopping to get impressions. All of those things typically have a reason, and it's a clear reason connected to something that you can look at. You know, before we hit the record button, you had a really great thought, which was Amazon PPC is moving from mechanical to creative. Tell me more about that. Sure. So um, all of a sudden, I feel a big pressure on my head to say a thing that came out naturally before, which is probably time, a lot of pressure. <laughs> but um, so I've been doing PPC on Amazon for probably uh, eight, nine years. I've had my agency for five years. Um, before Amazon, I was advertising on Google and Yahoo and in print. You know, I, I've done advertising for a long time. And up until recently, Advertising was always pretty systematic, um, especially on Amazon. You could watch a few videos, you could take a course, and you would have a set of rules which you could apply to your advertising and PPC, and you could generally get results you expect. Do step A, you'll typically get result B. And usually if an account is not working well, it's because you're clearly not doing A, you know? So you clearly have this setting incorrect, or you clearly haven't split things out uh, in a way which allows things to breathe, or whatever whatever um, piece of the mechanics you didn't understand when you were doing things, if you fix that mechanical issue, you should get results you expect. That's always the way that it had worked with most advertising. Um, about a year, about 18 months ago, I sort of came to the realization that the systems and the mechanics 
don't apply the way they used to. And running Amazon requires a lot more creativity. And what do I mean? Um, I can have five accounts that are all doing the same amount of business. All five accounts will have completely different ad strategies. I can have a couple of accounts in the same category, the same subcategory, the same sub, sub, subcategory. And one thing which is unique about one will require me to do a whole bunch of different things for that account. And I gave you the example, which is not a real example, but if, if somebody is in the grocery category, um, you might say, oh, advertising food has its own group of rules. But in reality, if somebody has a keto product and Amazon has some rules around the word keto, all of a sudden you have to build a strategy to maneuver around that or to leverage it or to take advantage of it. And the standard rule book does not apply. So it definitely requires a lot more creativity, a lot more observation about what's happening, a lot more observation about what part of the rule book is not working right. And um, it requires creativity. And this is the creativity part, the creativity to figure out the angle that gets you to the right goals. And I, I don't like to use the word angle. The, the word angle figures is sort of like uh, you're trying to find a loophole. And I don't like to think of it as a loophole. I like to think of it as using the mechanics properly. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's been true for a very long time. I think that I had an, I did an episode one time. I called it uh, Blooms. So I used to be a teacher. And when you were a teacher, there are, it's called Bloom's Taxonomy. And at the bottom are like the lowest skill uh, actions. So like just parroting back something. So like just remembering something and then like understanding what you're saying and then like being able to actually use the thing that you're saying. So to use like keyword match types, for example, it's like, let's say modified broad match. It's like, do you know that modified broad match exists? Are you able to tell me the definition of modified broad match? Can you actually think about, but can you actually go and create a modified broad campaign? Can you then analyze the difference of performance between modified broad and broad? And then can you go up even further and evaluate the reasons why it was the way that it was? And then can you take those general mechanical best practices and then create something brand new based off everything that you're seeing? And I think like the truly talented marketers have always done this. They've always like, okay, best practice, like the thing that people are just parroting around, the things that like, you know, you ask anyone like how to do search term graduation or something like that. It's actually different per situation. It's actually different per client. And like seeing why and understanding why, I think campaign structure is the perfect encapsulation of what you mentioned because if someone has once one ASIN, parent and children ASIN, 300 ASINs, 3,000 ASINs, 30,000 ASINs, campaign structure is monumentally different in any of those scenarios. And then on top of it, so you have that factor, a number of ASINs, and then you have like the type of product market fit. So is this a commodity type product or a novel product? You have that component, you have pricing components, you have all these different things, potentially some keyword diversity situation, like do they have a very deep keyword field or is it very shallow? Like all these different things come together. Are they competing with, you know, a multinational company or like a Fortune 500 company or are they competing against 
you know, small time? Is it a Me Too product? Like all of these different things, are they competing with each other, even with the own products in the catalog? All of these things come into play. And it's like if people are are out there not sort of working their way of the hierarchy of understanding. Oh, yeah. Going to get left Listen, behind. I mean, you might have an entire system for running PPC, and you also might have a catalog in which some products are not supposed to be advertised. I took over an account recently in which we were going through SKU by SKU in the account with the client, and we actually figured out that one SKU should not be advertised at all, or, or rather advertising needs to be scaled back like 99%, simply because that SKU is just a refill of the primary SKU. So although 85% of the words in the listing are the same, because you're sort of describing the product it's a refill for, the word refill means nobody's ever buying it at its own. And you should not spend the advertising for it. And um, by just targeting the main SKU, we cut down advertising 95%. Units remain the same because really people are just buying it off of the initial one. And all of a sudden it became a profit center for that product. So it, it perfect example of like seeing that and understanding that, you know, lots of people have trouble with the question of like, should you advertise every SKU in your catalog? And that's like a really high level question to ask. Uh, and there's lots of factors that go into it. You know, the composition of the product itself, the uh, pricing, the conversion rate of everything. Like there's a lot of decisions that are to be made and things to analyze before you make that decision. It's a perfect encapsulation of it. So I guess the thing is like, how do we, how do people get, I like systems, I like mental models. So using this sort of heuristic of like Amazon PPC is becoming more creative. There are less paint by numbers, follow these three easy steps to success, those events are becoming less and less frequent. The question is, how does someone move from maybe a beginner stage where they had no plan at all, and then you can give them some steps and they are gonna be better off than if they had no steps at all? But then how do you move from that stage to, okay, now I create the plan. Now I see I, every, now I'm looking in the matrix. Like how do you move from, I'm just following steps to, now I can really create my own strategy here. Oh boy. That's something where one part of me wants to like chew on it and say, oh, I can come up with an answer for that. That's like good. The other part of me, which is an immediate response is that comes from making mistakes and experience. So how do you, how do you figure out these things by seeing what didn't work and then trying to be thoughtful about why a thing didn't work? You can be stuck and upset that it should have worked and just be stuck there, or you can try to be um, you can try to be analytical and say, why didn't this work? And maybe the rules don't fit here. And if you start with the framework that the rules don't fit every situation, and it's always a possibility that something new has to be developed for that, that's how you'll get to the to what you described. But I don't think that I could, aside from the general perspective is that you have to run into the roadblock and you have to think that the roadblock might need a completely new solution and not the old ones. Aside from that, having that mental model, I don't know that there is a way to get to that otherwise, I think. You know, it's a lot of 
detective work and a lot of like refusing to accept any result without understanding how it got there. So if it, if the results are really good, why did this work? If the results are not what you want, why didn't this work? And like that takes a ton of detective work where it's like you're, I think the biggest issue in a lot of, in all of digital marketing is that people do things, they get a certain level of result and maybe, maybe it's a phenomenal result. They will turn around and then share why they think they got the result and perhaps they're missing the component. Like maybe like eight years ago before influencer marketing really became a crazy thing, there was a product that was like, had a really well-known spokesperson attached to it. And the person was talking about their funnel and talking about, oh, you have to do this funnel, then it will work perfectly. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, not necessarily. Like part of the reason why that was successful was because you had like a really well-known spoke person attached to the product, sponsoring the product. They were like part of the business. Um, and that kind of thing matters a lot. So like seeing, I, I actually feel like a lot of people that find success don't exactly know how they became successful. So when that person turns around and says, here's what I, here's, here's the thing that you can follow. A lot of times it's missing a lot. And if you were to repeat that exact same thing, you might be missing the unique components of your product that you're advertising. And they sort of didn't exactly see the unique components of theirs. So like being a detective and like constantly asking yourself why, I love what you said about, hey, something bad happened in the account, a mistake happened, let me try to figure out why. And I think like being hyper curious and forever curious is how people truly find success. Um, you know, it's funny, like sometimes I'll talk to people, they're like, oh, you must know everything. It's like, no, like you, it's like the, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Like you learn a little bit and then you think you know everything and then you learn a little bit more and you realize like, wait a second, there's a mountain of information I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm standing on an iceberg and there's a ton of it underwater that I can't even see. Uh, and I think it's so, constantly being an incredible learner is vital. Yeah, it's amazing. I, my default, it, it's like I'm of two minds when it comes to marketing. On one hand, I really feel like I know nothing and I look at everybody and think that everybody is smarter than me. And there is still a part of me that realizes, no, I've seen a lot and I've done a lot and I do know some things, but I very much don't think I know everything. I very much don't think that um, it's even possible to know everything. It, absolutely. Yeah. It would be crazy to assume that anyone in the world it knows every nook and cranny of Amazon marketing and has done every nook and cranny of Amazon marketing. There's so much to do. Amazon um, doesn't know. You can talk I, to two people at the top level of the of Amazon marketing systems. You will get two slightly different answers about a thing. It, it, nothing, nothing is settled with 100% certainty. Couldn't agree more. So it's this constant sort of learning, testing, fig, trying to figure out. And I think if we were to give people like a flow chart, so, okay, if the first week of the new month, you want to analyze the previous month and you want to sort of be a detective and you sort of want to apply some of that creative thinking to a campaign result. Tell me what like things you're clicking on and tell me what sort of tabs you're opening to try to understand and tell me what like things you're looking for. Basically, here's the thought process. The first thing is that I look at campaigns 
individual campaigns as part of a whole. I don't like to look at individual campaigns um, until needed. My default is product level results. So the goal in an account is typically one or two or both things, which is unit sales, cost slash profit, or a combination of the two. So I'll have a goal. I sold 100 units last month. My goal was to get to 125 months in the month that just passed. Did I hit that goal? That's my first layer of what I look at. Or my marketing costs were 10%. My goal was to get to 7%. Did I get to my goal? So the first thing that I look at is, did I hit my goals? If I exceeded my goals, if I beat those margins or if I beat those numbers, uh, we'll say that's good. What did we do right? And then we'll start to dig into things and that'll lead to the next inflection points. So I might say just depending on the number of units we wanted to sell, what does that come out to over a day? And if I wanted to sell say 300 units a month and I hit 350, realistically, that's only one or two units over our 10 unit per day goal. It is a 20% pop, but on a daily basis, maybe it's not as figure outable and I have to be okay with that to some extent. But I'll also look for maybe there was a spike on one day. So maybe all of those excess units happened on one day. What happened that day? Did we get mentioned in a story outside of Amazon? Did we run a lightning deal? Did we do something else? Did a campaign all of a sudden have great results? You know, sometimes things happen in an account in a campaign that were totally wackadoodle. We don't even know why it happens. We'll try to, on one hand, we'll try to get observations out of it. On one hand, we'll be happy about what happened. So that's optimal. On the other hand, if we missed our goals, then we'll try to see why did we miss our goals? Did we miss our goals by a very little bit? And a statistical bump would have gotten us there. If our goal was 300 units, we sold 297. That means we mostly did something right. But like if somebody, if a couple of units had sold on Tuesday, we got there, you know, then we'll say, we'll look at the things we did. Did the things we did get the results we expected and we just missed by that little bit? If so, okay, we look forward. Um, if we missed by a more significant amount, we will try to find the factors. We will look at, then we'll go into campaigns. So we'll say, okay, this product has a dozen campaigns connected to it. We've got our automatic campaign. We've got our exact manual campaigns. We've got our brand defense. We've got our conquesting. Where within those is anything sticking out? Which campaign did really well? Which campaign did really poorly compared to the past? And then we'll say, oh, okay, this campaign really missed its numbers compared to what we know it usually does. Let's go in there and see what happened. And there's a laundry list of things that could have happened. There might've been a day where the campaign was out of budget, or there might've been a day where the client's credit card was declined. It happens for 18 hours off, or there might've been an issue where a new competitor came in, or there might've been an issue where the creep of CPCs to maintain the position on page that we wanted affected the margins. And we have to make a decision about whether margin is more important or units are more important. Because we might have to say, to keep selling this many units is going to cost you more. 
that's the nature of it. This big national brand is showing up on the page now. They never really paid attention before. Now I see them in search results. And it leads to the conversations. So we go through, we dig into the campaigns. We try to find the campaigns that stick out. And then we repeat, just like you talked about the hierarchy going up. I look at it as a hierarchy going down. It's just, oh, this campaign sticks out. What's going on in here? And we dig into the campaign. Was there a setting that changed? Is something, you know, like right now, one of the things we do is we try to remember if Amazon introduced a change to the way that campaign behaves recently. So sometimes Amazon has changed the way um, search results are, they've changed the way keywords are matched. They've changed the way bids are applied. Somebody noticed that Amazon changed their instructions about how ads work, that they can immediately spend more than what you suggested. Are they doing that all of a sudden? So we'll try to find something in the instruction book, which matches what we're seeing. And if not, that's when, um, you know, that's when we have to think even more and more and more. But yeah, very comprehensive. Uh, to add to it, I would also say, um, I also like to look at the, and I'm sure you do too, uh, like like what metric changed specifically? So like, did we get more right. clicks or fewer clicks? And did we get more sales or fewer sales to go along with that? Did we get a lot fewer impressions or, or a lot more impressions? Why or why not? Oh, yeah. And then you can go, that can almost inform your next step in, in a lot of ways, like the conversion rate dip. Do we maybe are just like asking all of these questions. Uh, so, so, so vital. Uh, yeah, one, which is really the art of yeah Amazon one of PC. the things we do sometimes is we run what's called a bridge report when something stops working hmm. and the bridge report gives us like two layers of data it goes through everything that's measured in amazon so ctr and cvr and cpc and you know all of the things it goes through every metric that amazon gives us across an account and it measures it compared to the month before uh, or the period before and what it gives us is two things it gives us the amount of change, and then it gives us the relational change. So what do I mean? If a campaign got 500 clicks fewer than the month before, you might say, wow, that's 500 clicks fewer than the month before. But 500 clicks is different in a campaign that gets 1,000 clicks, that's 50%, or it's different in a campaign that gets a million clicks, which is a half a point. So I get the number of actual clicks and I get the relational clicks. So I can look at what things change the most both ways. And then we try to use that as one of the investigation places to see what sticks out. Amazing. So in conclusion, if someone's out there sort of doing Amazon PPC in a very much like paint by numbers kind of way, right? We're sort of like step one, step two. And then when the result is a particular way they either think it's exactly because they followed the steps but if it goes in a if the results aren't exactly what they want they might have trouble understanding why so it sort of as we wrap this up like what do you want to say to to those people and like in terms of i don't know maybe give them some encouragement or some next steps to develop more of this kind of thinking so i i let i I often call people that think this, I, I call them hippies, but you sort of need to be a little bit of a hippie 
and you sort of need to understand that there are forces beyond us that are affecting things and um, try to be open to the thoughts that things might work differently than you expect and try to be thought, you know, try to dig in further. Yeah. Be that detective. Uh, Abe, thank you so much for coming back on the PPC Den. Uh, where can people find you um, if they want to become better detectives and get more so creative? You can find me in the uh, beard, beard Care Facebook groups. You can find me. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I guess that that's a video only joke. But uh, bes- besides that, I'm on all the social medias. I'm on LinkedIn under my name. Of course, you can find me on Facebook. My uh, agency is called XP Strategy, which you can find at xpstrategy.com. Uh, certainly, uh, I welcome anybody that wants to discuss things. Uh, you know, I love having these let's figure things out discussions. So definitely feel free to reach out to mm-hmm. me whenever you want to dig into things. Oh, yeah. Well, Abe, thank you so much. Have a good one. And everyone else, I'll see you next week here on the PBC Den Podcast. Thanks, man.